What's up music marketers and welcome to the show. This is your Music Marketing Academy podcast where we talk about marketing you, your band or your brand in this fast growing music industry. If this is your first time listening to the show, welcome. If not, welcome back. Whether you're new to the game or a veteran, this podcast is probably for you. Now in today's episode, we're going to talk about how musicians can sell CDs as well as streaming their music, but with a twist. I'm happy to announce that I've been waiting a while to get him on the podcast. Fused, Mark aka Fused, is an EDM producer stroke artist influenced by Depeche Mode, Gary Newman, Mesh, Tenek, Erasure and Low, who has been releasing commercially as Fused since 2018. Now he's also the Radio Wigwam Best Electro Act of 2019, which is no mean feat as competition is fierce. Now look guys, the reason why I wanted to get him on the podcast was because he's quite a specialist in selling his music on CD via Bandcamp and I really wanted to open up your mind to the possibilities that you have out there instead of just relying on streaming revenue. Look, I'm going to be honest, Fused doesn't make a fortune selling CDs. His market is quite niche and there are limits to how many CDs you can sell to your fan base. But what I really wanted to show you in this podcast is there are many different ways that you can, you know, you can supplement your income instead of just focusing on streaming. Now, one of the quotes that came from this podcast is, I make more money selling CDs over a weekend than the whole year of streaming revenue. Now, I hope that's really put things into perspective. So without further ado, let's get into the podcast. So Mark, thank you very much for coming on the podcast today. I really appreciate it. I don't know if you want to tell the audience a little bit about yourself, if you don't mind. No, it's my pleasure. Uh, first of all, thanks for having me on the show. No, and, you're welcome. Um, uh, I'm Mark from Fused, and um, uh, I'm great to be here. Um, yeah, I'll give you a bit of back, background about myself really well. First of all, I'm, I'm probably more of a graphic designer and print publisher by trade, okay. and, um, uh, but I've um, always been into sort of the music side, and that's been sort of the hobby side, if you like. Sure. Um, whereas we all know that most people don't earn any money in music, so <laughs> <laughs> that's a day job. So um, uh, that's what I do. But I'm, I'm, uh, in music terms, I mean, I guess I've been writing and recording since the early 80s, really. Sure. Uh, I started as Fused as such uh, with a colleague from work in 1989, it was now. Um, and then we got the name from a, an album that I bought by a band called I Start Counting. And the album was called Fused. Ta-da. Um <laughs> And uh, it sort of stuck. And um, I've sort of kept with it ever since. Uh, we played a few gigs, uh, landed a record contract with a small indie label in sort of '91. Wow, I but, didn't know that. Um, as with a lot of sort of, as with a lot of sort of indie labels, though, um, it went defunct after we recorded the single, but before it pressed. Damn right. it! So, jeez, oh, <laughs> uh, we that paid sucks. all the money out. But there you go. Uh, so I decided to concentrate on my paying career, and um, I didn't really look at music again until probably the early 2000s. Okay. And that's when sort of music production. Uh, could then all be done in a constrained way on a on a computer. So I got myself a copy of a thing called Propellerhead's Reason, and I started sort of relearning, if you like, uh, on and off to start with. And then I switched to uh, a program called Logic Pro uh, okay. in 2010, and I continued to sort of play with it on and off until the mid-2010s, until I started really, I guess, learning a bit of the fundamentals of, of music production. I got some brilliant help from a, a guy called um, Jeff from Tenek, who he's the real deal, and okay. um, I really thank him for a lot of the pointers that he gave me. So, which point, which eventually got me to in 2018, I convinced uh, a guest vocalist initially, uh, Steve Newton, 
who sounds a bit like Dave Garn, to sing on a, <laughs> an idea I had to um, reinvent old Depeche Mode tracks. Okay. That, in my opinion, sort of missed the mark a little bit. It's much easier when you do music production to learn from other people's songs. So I started there, really. So Dream On was the first sort of commercial release, if you like. And then since then, uh, it went really well. And um, I've released a series of original works, done collaborations. I've produced and remixed now for other artists. I okay. won the Electro Artist of the Year 2019 for Radio Wigwam. Oh, congratulations. And, um, and uh, it's gone it's it's gone crazy really and uh, but now uh, this year well the world's gone to, <laughs> gone crazy hasn't it so this year i've been sort of concentrating mostly on my original works and um uh, i've got a release plan for my stuff sort of going forward and that's brilliant. where i sort of am at the moment brilliant uh, i mean obviously oh. I've... <laughs> no well you've done it's it's a quite a varied career really you've done quite a lot of things and you still are which is which is really great um, yeah, yeah. So where, yeah. where did it all start then? I mean, obviously you told me that you, you started back in the yeah. 90s, but what? how did you actually get into music in the first place? Well, I've had a long life, been long, long interest in music, lifelong, as okay. far as I can remember, to be honest. Um, but I'll be honest, I'm not really a natural musician. I'm, I'm probably more a visual person as such. Um, but I just see music as another sort of branch of creativity to explore. I really got interested in music probably in the late 1970s when I heard Tubeway Armies down in the park in okay. 1979. Yeah, yeah. And it was like nothing I'd ever heard before, really. And it was like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but it probably wasn't until sort of late 1981, early 1982, when I did anything myself, really, mainly because I was like 15, had no money. Um, and uh, and I did a bit with sort of my brother, really, who's actually a more talented musician than I am, more, more natural. But coming from a quite humble background then, um, and um, if you wanted to make music, if you loved it, you, know, you, you had to either know someone that had the kit or had the right. money to buy it. So electronic music back then was a very expensive game to get into. I bet. So, so it, it, I didn't really, so I mucked around with it a bit really, but it was all, it was very sort of homespun a lot of it was back then. But I sort of got into it because really you listen to Gary Newman, I suppose. Of course, of course. And um, so is it, has it always been the same sort of genre of music then, or has it changed <laughs> during that time quite a lot? From the uh, sounds of it, it's, it has no. been. No. <laughs> okay. I'm probably, I'm probably legendarily myopic, if that's a word, <laughs> or a um, I, I, I didn't choose a genre at all. Um, I'll be honest, um, the electronic music spectrum from sort of lights in the pop, sort of like Erasure, Pet Shop Boys, going through to darker stuff like Depeche Mode, Gary Newman, and more industrial music as well, like Front sure. Table to Nine, Nine Inch Nails. Sure. It's probably the only, it's the only music I, I like and, and listen to. I do appreciate that you know people like all that, but it's the only type of music that really resonates with me. Okay, uh, I've, I've made no secret of, of the fact really that my musical taste is very narrow, very sure. narrow. Sure. <laughs> but in all honesty, it, it actually helps me focus with what I do myself, because mm-hmm. you know I, I have quite a that gives you quite a deep knowledge of sort of one particular type of music. So I guess in essence, I'm just making the music for myself that I really like and hope that that sort of you know carries on and resonates with other people as well. Sure, sure. Well, that's 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 really great. I mean, one of the main reasons I got you on the podcast is we wanted to talk about merchandise. Um, yeah. I interviewed um, Luke from City Lights uh, a few weeks yep. ago. Obviously, yep. yeah, yeah, a really good friend, and th- they do things a little bit different to you because they're more um, focused on selling records. 
Yep. Whereas you're, vinyl. Yeah, vinyl. Um, you're more focused on selling CDs. So maybe we can um, go into a, a little bit about that, how you actually started selling them, because it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's quite rare, if I'm honest. Hence the reason why I wanted to get you on the, uh, <laughs> on the podcast, because I come across quite a few musicians um, during the course of the day, during the course of the month, and I, I, I see very few selling CDs. So I'd yep. really like to get your story on that, just a bit of a background, <laughs> how you actually came to start selling them. Because obviously it looks like you're, you're yeah. quite successful doing it. I'm the one. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be honest, the thing is, I'll, I'm, I'm going off script a bit here, but vinyl um, is is a beautiful format. Everybody wants to do it, but who's got the money, you know? Mm, yeah. <laughs> you've, got to, you've got to pony up a lot of money um to to set to get vinyl pressed particularly you know you're looking at minimum sort of 50 to 100 units and you've got to you've got to put that in your pocket mostly unless you do a, a like kick kickstarter kick or gofundme or something like that sure then um it's quite a lot of money up front and if you are you going to sell that number of units so i approached it from a point of view of um what's the easiest way in and um what's the most familiar to a lot of people that um my music would hit and um um how could i do it in a cost effective kind of way and cds are actually um a really good way to get into it because most people have got a cd burner sure if you sort of know know what you're doing it's not that difficult but if you make something beautiful then people will want it okay um i guess the thing is because of my real world background in design and print and publishing i'm acutely aware of the value of owning something tangible sure you know, something something you can you know physically hold in your hand so when i started sort of releasing music commercially in 2018 i knew for myself music feels real if it's on something you can hold of course. um because being someone that sort of grew up in the 1980s when sort of vinyl cassettes cds were the only way to own music then so i understand that feeling of uh of when you sort of hold it it's like oh i've got something sort of quite real here so i looked into cds it seemed an obvious way to go because it's a relatively simple process of production uh it's a reasonable unit per cost and you can actually almost do sort of print on demand um and the way i've approached physical media is the same as probably my music though i'll only release it if it can be of a quality that i feel comfortable in selling to somebody else you know would i buy it okay um, and i look at it from that point of view and um, that's where it started, really. But CDs, I mean, it could have been vinyl if I'd have got a vinyl press and uh, or I could get someone to do it cheap enough. Or, um, But you've got to be realistic. And if you're only selling sort of, you know, tens of units, and which I mean, you know, a lot of people of us, we are only selling, you know, small, small numbers. So, sure. um, so vinyl plants are just out of the question at the moment. I'd love to do vinyl, but um, <laughs> when I sell 500 <laughs> units, maybe. <laughs> So obviously you you um you're on Spotify you're on Apple Music, um yeah. Yep. As a percentage, then where oh. are where's most of your revenue coming from? If you don't mind me asking, is it from the streaming platforms? Because obviously you're you're on all of them, or would you say when you break it down, um, you get most of your revenue from from the CDs? It's um I would say ninety to ninety five percent. It's physical media. Wow. Um, no, no, let's face it. I mean, nobody's making money on Spotify. There are a few. <laughs> well, I, I would say that the, probably in the sort of sphere that I'm in, yeah, a few are doing it. Sure. Uh, doing pretty, do well at it and, you know, brilliant to them. But most of us, we're sort of like pottering along. It's not going to, 
it's, it's not going to do anything except maybe you know if you're lucky or pay your Netflix for the month. You know, <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> um, but with CDs um, and uh, cassettes, you know, cassettes is, a, is is another area that's emerging now. Um, it, I really do see it as um, it's it's a way of giving you know, um, something that's tangible, but also you, you, I'm not making huge money off it. But, no. Um, it's it it they're more sort of I guess vanity projects a little sure. bit at the moment, but you know um, definitely it's coming in at the point of view that um, it's probably equates to about ninety to ninety five percent of revenue, maybe more. <laughs> okay, that's quite a lot then, yeah. isn't it? That's the kind of the, like the bulk of it, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I, I would yeah. I would argue that, but that but then. I think it's probably because I'm offering CDs that people are tending to go for them. Um, I was more just about to ask you that because our most yeah. of your audience, are they listening to the CDs or are they streaming your music, but want, you know, want a physical copy of your, of your music? Probably, but I would, I'd probably argue both actually. Okay. Um, but um, I would say that for convenience, everybody uses Spotify and Apple Music or whatever. And I see those really as a promotional outlet. I don't see them as a revenue outlet. Um, and to be honest, I mean, most people aren't doing this for revenue anyway. Um, but with CDs, I, I think it's, it's generally my target audience remember buying <laughs> music. <laughs> and, and I think that I, I would probably not be out, out of line by saying that they're probably the people that, that, that that probably resonate with it the most. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I can see that really in the demographic when I look at the the uh, the data. It's that generation that you know bought a record or bought a CD, got yeah. home, and they're dying Absolutely. to actually get the actual either look at the back cover or look at the inserts to see you know what it was all about. I think it's that generation, yeah. isn't it? You're talking about. Yeah, yeah, definitely, uh -huh. it is. Yeah, I mean, I'm the wrong side of fifty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, although I'm fighting it with every last breath. <laughs> But um, yeah, I, I, the type of music that I make, it, it, and it's never going to get probably to the number one of the charts. But there are niches that that people like myself can can work within and 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 have a great time in, and and hopefully some you know, people out there that are looking for that type of music, um, like myself, really, I make music like I do because I want to buy music like that. Um, and I think there's a you know, there is a you know, fair percentage of people out there that are looking for the same type of thing. So it does it does fulfill a need i guess if you like sure and i can see you've got your own website and it looks like you're using bandcamp is that right as the distribution for the cds yeah. is that right y yes yeah yeah how, um how does that work what on bandcamp mm. um it's, it's dead easy really um you um you can upload your digital files to it just as you would normally but you can also upload a merchandise item and cds cassettes um vhs anything you want can go into the merch section t-shirts sure. or anything like that um you can attach them to a digital file so when somebody buys the cd they get a digital download or you can put a download code for the digital version within the cd itself or the cassette so when people buy a physical item they can have a digital version as well that's a really good so, idea isn't it so it works it works really well actually yep um yeah. And um, uh, I think you've got some questions later on about that. But um, uh, at the moment, Bandcamp's the only place that I um, that I've tried out on because it's I guess it's like eBay. Everyone goes to eBay, so you might as well put your stuff on eBay, sort of thing, if you want to sell your. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
But so, whereas Bandcamp does seem to be the primary outlet for uh, for selling music, um, uh, I think the the platform could have could do with some upgrades. But generally, um, it, it it fulfills the need. And, so um, what do they do then? Obviously, they need to make money somehow. Do they take a like a small percentage whenever you yeah. make a sale? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they do. Yeah, they take a they take a cut of everything that you sell. Um, so you you have to take that into into account obviously and then also if you're using paypal as the uh, payment service then um they take a cut as well <laughs> <laughs> and then when you're posting the items out that costs money as well um so everyone wants a cut <laughs> no that's fair enough and you you mentioned before that it was um kind of like on print demand um can you just explain how that works obviously i know how it works but just for the audience um, how does that work? You don't you don't have like this uh, spare room in your house where you've got them all stacked up, do you? Um, not fully. No. <laughs> okay. But I do have a room in the house that makes them. Right. Okay. <laughs> so it's um, literally a case you've got your own burning machine, um, and you burn the CDs yourself. You obviously buy the uh, the the blank version, should I say, and then burn it onto the CD. Yeah, well, the process is, I mean, if you want to go into the minutiae of it, I could be here all day. Um, but I spent about sort of six to eight months sort of perfecting the process, if you like, um, okay. choosing the right paper, um, finding the cases supplier, finding the right type of discs. Uh, but in general, the, the, the CDs are, uh, the, the design is based on sort of digital art. It's all designed in Adobe InDesign and Photoshop. Um, the actual disc art itself is done the same way. And um, I sort of built my own CD template, so every fused release adheres to this sort of standard sure. that I've got. Um, I PDF the artwork uh, once it's done, and I send that off to a printer, uh, online printer, who sends me back flat sheets. So what I get back is basically A3 pieces of paper. Um, then I've got a computer-controlled cutting machine at home, and um, I designed a template for it. And um, the computer cuts into J-card um, designs. Mm -hmm. So J-card design is sort of CD singles. Um, so I, I, <laughs> I wanted to do it not like anybody else because okay. you see a lot of homespun CDs and they're just a square piece of card that sits into a case and that's it. I wanted mine to look and feel as if you'd bought it in the shops, right. but without me having to go and buy 50 at a time um <laughs> because let's say i'm not selling 50 at a time but there you go um so i i wanted it though to feel like the type of product that um a, that i would be buying so depeche mode gary newman uh, erasure all those type of bands so my cd single template is not it's not the sort of homespun version i've made it so it's exactly the same as what you would get in, in, in a J card CD single. Okay. Um, costs a bit more money, takes a bit more time, but I think it's well worth the effort, to be honest. For the discs itself, I create a high-res JPEG, and I have a high-quality um, CD disc printer mm -hmm. um, that reads the artwork and prints them onto Watershield CD blanks. That's important if anyone's listening to try and do it themselves. Okay. Pay a bit more money and get good quality CDs. Um, I, I use Diamondback CDs with um, uh, Watershield uh, fronts on them. It gives a high gloss, brilliant, beautiful finish that you can't tell from a commercial CD. 
Mm-hmm. Um, do you want me to keep going? <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, keep going. Um, it sounds really interesting. Um, to actually make the discs themselves, to burn the discs, I use a, a piece of professional software called uh, HOFACD software. It's a German piece of software, HOFA CD. It allows you to do things like add the ISRC, UPC numbers, CD text, all that type of thing. Okay. And then they're burned from that piece of software because you, uh, it's got plugins in it that allows you to do EQ mastering, uh, normalization for CDs, things like that. Um, so I have a sort of set template for that as well um so everything when you buy a sort of a few cd they're all to a standard um so once i've done all that burnt all the discs got the cds printed uh cut folded once the package is collated i've, I've got a shrink wrap system here <laughs> <laughs> that completes the process and the disc is good to go and um, so somebody orders a cd i could literally make one um bespoke um and I try and then I, depending on what the CD is, what the packaging is, I can do the unit, I can keep the unit price down by doing it all myself than going to um, another company. And to be honest with you, because of my background in design, mm-hmm. I know what they're using and <laughs> and I've got it here. So, okay. so I've got, I'd, I'd say I've pretty much got a semi-professional setup here um, to do short run CD stuff. Fantastic. And I can't um, let you go away without um, telling, telling us a little bit about the design because the design's quite unique and it's, it's really good, actually. Um, if anybody wants to go and have a look at an example of, you know, how to package something, you'll see the, the CDs and the design is phenomenal, mate. I don't know. Is that something that you've done yourself or have you paid a, a designer? How, how did that work out? Well, I'm, I'm a graphic designer and a publisher, and I've got about 30 years of, of experience. So <laughs> it looks phenomenal. So. <laughs> it looks you know, phenomenal. You know, when you're, a, you know, oh, thank you. Um, but you know, when you're a, um, you, you do your job and someone says, oh, that looks so professional. And you think, it bloody well should. <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing it for 30 years. <laughs> so, Brilliant. So, it, I mean, the music, slag it off you know <laughs> but for the artwork oh you know no one <laughs> so you so but you've as, produced as, in all seriousness in yeah, all yeah. seriousness the um the design work um it's um i know i know photographers i know models um i know um agencies and um depending on the type of thing it is i mean the early the early covers of were sort of like trying to get a style and but now i've got it sort of established what i wanted to do is um create it so when you buy when you look at a fused piece of work you sort of go that's fused yeah um so i'm creating i'm trying i'm creating a brand creating a look creating a feel and um i think that that is hugely important when somebody is i mean there's a lot of people out there doing music um but to be honest with you, you know, it, I almost see it as, you know, there's the music, there's the brand, and then there's the promotion. And the, there are almost like three heads to it. Um, and I think that you have to spend time on, oh, I don't spend enough time on the promotion. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, you berate me for that. <laughs> no, not at all. But, um, not at all. Uh, but the but the, the design part is something that you've, I think you've got to get, you, you, you've you really got to nail down. I mean, um, I'm looking at the Bandcamp page I'm, I'm here. because... I'm looking at the bank well, camp page here and, it, and I can tell that, yeah, this is your brand, definitely, just by looking at the, the different covers. 
I can tell. Brilliant. Thank you. I mean, that's that's the plan. And um, I've got the covers for the next five, six releases already done. Let's put it that way. Wow. Wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're brilliant. So the design process then, um, how do you go about it? Do you actually yep. record the track first and then think about the design of the cover or is it the other way around? How, how does that work? Um, I've, uh, well... I've been writing music for oh, decades, probably. I mean, I've got demo, hundreds and hundreds of demos. So um, normally, the, I mean, some of the music, like there's a, the track that I released called Sanctified. I wrote that in 2001. Um, it didn't get released until 2019. Good grief. <laughs> I am that slow. Jeez. <laughs> so I sort of have, I've got a fairly good idea of the sort of style and look that I want to go for. Um, again, it's, it's keying off that... 1980s type of sort of vibe if you like um you look at the early covers of say visage and they're very iconic very striking very sort of fashion um oriented at the time and i want my my work to sort of evoke that type of feel as well again it's that visual buy-in of, of part of the package so by the time you get to the music you already sort of know what it's going to be like because you've seen the covers and you get the ideas so I'm hoping it's very unique, particularly in things like like the V2 slipcase CD that I did mm-hmm. with the with with the cut throughs on it, which was inspired by Peter Savile's work that he did for OMD in 1979, 1980. Okay. Okay. So, <laughs> um, and and some of the New Order stuff as well. So, I think that those that listen to the, my music sort of know that, and cool. they've sort of buy into that and they appreciate that. Brilliant. And so how do you actually sell them then? Obviously you're, you're quite busy on yeah. Twitter. I, as I, I don't think you do that much on Instagram, <laughs> do you? I know you, I, I think I saw a post the other day I, where I you said that works. you were looking at to do, looking at doing a bit more on Instagram, but it's mainly Twitter that I see you on. Is that right? Yeah. 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 I mean, I, the, th- the thing is, is that um, my kids sort of go on it and I, <laughs> I'm like, well, explain this to me children Um, (laughs) i guess the thing with with um with twitter it's easy you can have a conversation and um uh anything beyond that uh, (laughs) i'm not i'm not actually that great i i I mean we'll probably get onto it in a little while but i'm not i'm not a big fan of social media in in uh, as a concept necessarily (laughs) okay okay. Um, but but selling them, I mean, as I said, you know, the, the, the selling products and uh, selling my music and things like that, you know, it's through Bandcamp. It, as I said, it's a simple process. Um, although that said, um, I'm looking at the moment, uh, as you said, I've got my own website. Um, I've been sort of updating it at the moment and um, I'm not the greatest web designer in the world, mm-hmm. um, but um, I've been I've been looking at some solutions, and I'm looking at my own commercial store section of my own website at the moment as well. So I'm going to be looking at trying to add exclusive content to my own site. Um, sure. The problem I've been having is getting the digital file to work with the physical CD product. Okay. So I might look at an option of you you can buy a CD from my site, which is exclusive, can't get anywhere else, sort of thing. Um, but then you you get a digital download that allows you to download the digital version through Bandcamp. Okay. So I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm working like that, but I'm looking to expand that type, that side of things a little bit as well. Sure. But as, it, as for social media, Instagram, well, if anyone wants to tell me how it works, please. please, please, <laughs> <Okay>. please. <laughs> and I, no, I, I noticed on the uh, Bandcamp website, you've got ones that are sold out on here as well. 
So you've got um, is it yep. count, Countdown Red? Well, actually, at one point, yeah, yeah. At, at one point, most of them were, were actually sold out, um, but um, I've um, I've restocked. Um, I, I originally did a limited run of them because I thought if I sell ten, fair enough, <laughs> sort of thing. <laughs> um, so I, the originally I I purposed like twenty five units of each um, because it it does actually take time to do each single one of them. Because you know, I'm I'm not buying them and they arrive in a big box at the door, um, so it does actually take me quite a bit of time doing each one. But um, um, I noticed that uh, some of the ones that had sold out were starting to appear on resale sites um, for twenty-five, thirty pound a unit, mm-hmm. and I thought, you know what, I, if people want to buy my CDs, I want them to buy them at face value. Um, I don't want them to get ripped off by a reseller. So I've started restocking a lot of the back catalogue things now. So I've ordered in new prints and things like that. Um, so over time, pretty much everything will be back in stock. Having okay. a bit of trouble at the moment with the cover versions, though, because obviously I buy, I do it all legally. So um, I buy licenses for each one. Trouble is you can't buy individual licenses for each individual products. You have to buy them in packs. So I have to, I have to, if I want to say restock Dream On, which was the first sort of CD single, that's a Depeche Mode cover version, which means I need to pay for mechanical licensing and I need a, a, a license to actually cover the song as well. That's two licenses I have to um, pay for and I have to buy those in packs of 25. So I have to look, can I sell another 25 units? Huh. probably not at the moment mm. so it, so i'm more concentrating on the original products at the moment um if i get enough uh, interest then i i will do those again but um i i i'm quite keen on making sure that everything is um squeaky clean and above board legally and uh, cool. pay 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 anything royalties and things like that Absolutely. Some people aren't naughty people so. <laughs> <laughs> so um so you actually do run off a batch then so say for example on the never yep. let me go for example um yep, yep. you That's you would basically unit. yeah so you'd basically uh, print off a batch of those store them yep. and then again once yep. they're sold you literally just update the, the band camp and just say it's sold out is that how it works yeah on band camp when you upload a cd um, or any um, physical product as well, say mm. you've got a vinyl or you want to do a cassette or a T-shirt or something, you put up the number of units and um, say how many limited edition it is, and then every time it sells one, it actually counts down. So you don't have to do anything. And then when it gets lower, you get an email that says low inventory. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and then some people put the price up. No, 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 I don't. <laughs> Um, but um, you, you automatically it just counts down, and when it's sold out, it's sold out, sort of thing. And okay. then I, I gauge whether or not it's you know I can do a few more um, things like, like um, V2, for instance, he sold out. Uh, that's done really well, actually. That one did. Sure. Um, and that was um, that was a double CD uh, in a um, die cut slip case, and um, that sold out. I think I'm going to probably do a few more of those because um, I've had a few email requests to say, if you get any more in, please let me know. Countdown Red was a difficult difficult one because it was a three-inch CD um, in three sleeves. So it was quite a complicated process. Um, so I'm looking at that at the moment because um, a couple of people have, have asked me, 
things like um, could I get Countdown Red, all the different versions on one CD sort of thing, and I'm like, I'll, 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 I'll see. Um, yeah. But it is quite interesting because I do get um, quite a few emails of people saying, can you do this or could you do that? And it's great, actually, that people are starting to buy into the whole idea of it. Yeah, I think you've uh, started a movement, haven't you? It seems to um, be working quite well. And um, off the back of that, I had a chat with uh, Richard from Jigsaw Sequence. Yeah. And um, off, the, off the back of some uh, chats to him, and uh, I gave him some help uh, putting together the templates for his self-release CD. So he released the uh, Happiness CD, and he's done, he's done pretty well with it. Um, I think he's looking at doing some more off the back of that as well. So, um, yeah, and, and as, as you're probably aware, Anybody that wants any information, I'm I'm happy to share. Um, yeah, and I, I, I don't. I'm not one of these like precious or all oh, kind of my secret source. <laughs> <laughs> We're all in it together, right? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so Mark, how do you actually go about selling um, your CDs? Um, obviously, people know about you; they've seen you on Twitter. But do you actually have a process that you go through regarding marketing your CDs to your audience? Well, I'm. I'll, I'll be honest, not really. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's not the, what I was um, expecting. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm, I'm not this sort of predatory, I've got to make a sale kind of um, kind of artist, really. Um, I offer the CDs, really, because I would want them myself. Um, and to be honest, I enjoy doing them because it's quite a creative sort of process. And having something that you, know, you put out on a commercial basis as an artist is is a great thing and uh, it, it you know i guess it validates you without being signed to a record label if that makes any sense sure um but um i was i tentatively initially um put out uh um some tweets of saying would anybody interest be interested if i put these on cd and i was quite surprised with the people that said absolutely um and when i did the first three cds um, released I didn't do them the same time as I did the digitals they were they were sort of about a year later I did the CDs I did the first three releases on CD and um, people bought all three of them in one go and I was Good like grief. whoa yeah <laughs> so when it came to doing uh, Sanctified I think it was just a fourth single um, I uh, put that out as a CD and digital edition at the same time and um, CD edition sold out <laughs> and, wow. uh, but because you offered the digital download nobody bought the digital download <laughs> <laughs> so all of the people that were buying digital switched to buying the cd ah, um, right. which was so from then on i've been you know what i'm going to put out cd with the digital if people want to buy digital brilliant that's great but i think people like to buy it because it, people of should we say of a certain age like myself people collected you know record collection is a big thing and um, so if you if you make something that's that as i said at the beginning of the interview if you, if you make something that's beautiful people will want to buy it and want to collect it and want to own it um so that was just the the idea behind it but there's no real um cynical plan to sell them per se i just try and make them as great as they can be make them look as good as they can be hopefully sound as good as they can be and um, they're there for people if they want them. Um, streaming is, is, is great for, um, for, for promotion, as I've said, but really the, um, I'm 
pretty am amazed really that people that go for the CDs first. I get a few people that will only buy the digital, but okay. I would say I would say ninety to ninety five percent of people um, when I put a CD up usually on a Friday, um, they're sold out within three days. Okay. Wow. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I limit the number. We're not talking big numbers. You know? No, uh, we're no, talking, no, no. We're talking thirty-five to forty units a time. Okay. Um, but still, it's it's great for me. It's more than you get from streaming, yeah. Uh, absolutely. I can yeah. put out. I can put out a CD um, on a Friday, and within a day, make what I would earn in a year on streaming. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> that's yeah. absolutely yeah. crazy, isn't it? When you think about it. Yeah, and, I, and I'm not alone. I think if you ask most people, they will say they put out a, a physical product. Um, it will it will pay for <laughs> yeah pay for all of their streaming costs or whatever. But streaming, I mean, I had a, a streaming uh, thing through the other day. I think in a year, something like hundred dollars probably. Wow! But but when you when when you're booking your holiday. Uh, <laughs> Uh, that's in total. <laughs> that, that I then have to pay the licensing costs for any of the cover versions that I've done, and then you have to pay the hosting, and then you have to. Uh, so when you break it down, look, no one's getting rich. No, but but it's great fun, and people enjoy it, and I enjoy it, and hell, why not? <laughs> so you, you've never had any problem selling them from the from sounds of it. if you like you said if you release no, a batch you, on the Friday, then yeah. you don't really have any problem selling that batch, do you? What I what I've started to do is I know that I have to sort of I know that I'll have to get at least half, maybe more, ready for that Friday because I like to try and get them out early as well if I can, which is great because um, people quite like that. Um, that if they pre-order, for instance, if I offer a pre-order, I'll try and get them out before the actual on sale date because it's it's quite nice that people then promo it and they'll put up pictures and say look what's arrived early and it's 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 good pr as well it's, it's good good to do that but the issue the only issue i've had really is them selling out <laughs> and okay. uh, so then i have to do more the trouble is the more than i sell the, the sorry the more track uh, releases that i do the the bigger the back catalog if somebody comes then and wants an older one i'm constantly <laughs> yeah. turning out more cds um <laughs> But I, I tend to roughly sell, sell the same sort of number at the moment. So I'm in the process of setting up a small sort of number of back order sets of discs. So if people want them, they can get no them. So I'll, I, have, I have now got like um, each release now has like a few that I keep in stock that I've sort of pre-built, if you like. Um, so people can do them. But the problems I've had in the past, as I said, you know, some of them have ended up on Discogs and places like that for $30, $40 a time. Um, so... I'm, I'm trying to repress them now. So if anybody wants a CD, they can buy them at, you know, the price that is fair for the disc, not some inflated price. So I'm, I'm not in for, into ripping people off. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned something about pre-save. Um, now, I spoke to Luke a few weeks ago and he's on about people, um, you know, purchasing the item before they receive it. Can you just explain a little bit about how that works with the pre-save? Is that is that via Bandcamp as well? Yep. The yep, pre-save. That's, um, that's the same thing again. Um, what you can do is um, you can upload a uh, you upload a digital version, and um, what happens is you put a release date on it, but you can um, allow it to go out for pre-order. So somebody can buy a CD or a vinyl or a cassette or whatever. 
And um, on the day that they pre-order, before it's you know, completed or it's out, um, they you can give them give away uh, one of the digital files. So okay. If it's a, so if it's a four-track EP that's coming out on the first of the month, but you're pre-ordering it on the previous two weeks ahead, you can give them one of the using the lead track um, when they pre-order, and then in two weeks time they get the full thing. Right. Um, and um, you know the thing that I like to do with pre-ordering is um, uh, when people are pre-ordering, I get a fairly good idea then of the t- you know, the numbers that I'm I'm looking at. So I'll make up a batch and I'll try and get them out a few days earlier. I also then have to do things like because I give a bespoke badge away with each CD. Okay. So when you buy a few CD, you get a badge and. People collect all the badges now as well as the CDs. So have you got a full set of the fused badges sort of thing? <laughs> and um, uh, so I then have to have enough time to sort of make all those badges up as well. I've got a badge making machine and things like that. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've, honestly, it's, you know, you said I've got a spare room with all this stuff in. Yes, I do. <laughs> wow. That's um, just crazy. But, but, yeah, yeah. But it's, um, you know, a lot of these are just tools that a designer would would have um i've just been lucky that i can pair it up with the music um and it works really well so the pre-save is just a setting on bandcamp so you can go into the the back of the dashboard um you just click on a button that says do you want to pre-save this i presume um you click on that button it'll come up on bandcamp that it's it's a pre-save you tweet it out somebody goes to bandcamp clicks on the link pays and then what a couple of weeks or two weeks well, three weeks you can set it as far in advance as you want okay um, i i tend to do the do it a couple of weeks before um because too far in advance and um i think you, you're taking money too far mm-hmm. in uh, personally i mean, some people might do a month or more than that i like to keep it probably maximum a couple of weeks um and then they, they they'll they'll get a um a digital file immediately when they've pre-ordered so they'll get the lead single or whatever you want to give away and then come the actual day of release you go to band camp as an artist go into your sort of back back office area and click release the back order and then it goes public and then anyone can sort of purchase it and then the people that pre-ordered get all of the digital files immediately and hopefully on the launch day they've already had in the post their physical item Okay. Okay. And do you, are you finding then that you've getting a lot of repeat business then? So are you finding obviously you've got the, your audience, whenever you bring something out, they're the ones that are actually purchasing or you were getting a, a, a nice healthy flow of new, new fans, should I say? Um, it's, I've definitely got a hardcore set of purchasers okay. um, that will buy, well, hopefully yeah, buy pretty much a pre-order, pretty much anything that I'll put out. And I am slowly building on that as well, um, which is why I'm, I'm restocking a lot of the back catalogs because some of these people are saying, I bought your new one, love it, can't get the old one. Uh. Um, so I've been, I've been looking to sort of add those on. And um, what I tend to do as well is um, I'm always very appreciative of those people that do buy because, you know, these days somebody puts a hand in their pocket to buy music you know it's like hallelujah (laughs) (laughs) so um so as such what i tend to do for for people like that is i i tend to do sort of small giveaways download codes for um items that are on sale um so sort of loyalty um 
uh, download codes, things like that, for people who repeat purchase. And again, that's um, via Bandcamp as well, that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. yeah um, okay. what I do is you can set up download codes in the back office of Bandcamp and you can share those. So I use uh, MailChimp, mm-hmm. um, which is a, a mail... Uh, email sort of mass email marketing tool you probably know more about this than me yeah Um, (laughs) and um uh what i do is i set up um uh, loyalty codes for each release so for instance if you buy like for instance i'll never let me go single anybody that bought the first cd when the second one came out the remixed cd you got a um a discount or you got a um uh, when it came to the instrumental edition, for instance, that I put out, uh, anyone that had bought the f- previous two CDs, I sent them download code to give them the entire instrumental edition as a digital download for free. Oh, brilliant. So, so the more people that buy the CDs, the more I give them little incentives. So, for instance, um, one of the uh, releases I did for V2 came with a, uh, an extended uh, remix you can only get if you buy the cd of v2 and then you get uh, then you got a download code um, via mailchimp that gave you access to this release that is nowhere else it hasn't been it hasn't come out at all um so you can do quite creative things um i guess marketing things like that um uh, with as you build up a discography you can sort of sweat the content as you like <laughs> <laughs> um oh, this, this is my this is my old magazine publishing subscription <laughs> well it served you well yeah it served you well though hasn't it i mean geez there's not many yeah. people that have approached it the way you've approached it so take, i'll take uh, my hat off yeah yeah i do i do tend to approach it more like a, a publishing business if you like yeah in in, in, in that regard um but I, I tend to keep obviously the yeah, there's the passion for the music, but it, I sort of like marry it up, if you like, with the uh, with with my experience in publishing. No, that's brilliant. And so, as a percentage, then I don't know if you know this percentage. Um, you said that you've got like a loyal following. Do you get many new fans that purchase your music on a you know each month, each each quarter? Well. I mean, this is this is a, a long conversation, which is probably going to lead into my thoughts on the streaming industry, right? Okay. <laughs> Ouch. Um, and it's, I I am getting new people that come in and, and purchase. They tend, what tends to happen is um, they'll buy a digital version first of all, um, then they'll buy another digital version, and then they'll go and buy the CD, and then they'll buy three or four CDs in one go. Okay. Um, so. Um, I, I am building, um, but it is it is a hard slog yeah. to be honest with you. Sure. Um, n- you know, selling selling music in in 2020 is isn't I guess what it was 20 30 years ago. No. That said, the you know, the possibilities has allowed us to do it. So you have to sort of take take it both sides, don't you? You do. It's, yeah. But but yeah, it's it's grown. It's grown slowly, but um, okay. that's where the promo- I guess I guess promotion comes in um, really quite heavily. And I'm not I'm not great at promotion. Um, I I know that, and I know there are there are tools out there, and there are, there are methods out there that 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 can really sort of accelerate that. Um, but it's, it's an area that I've not really looked into that much at the moment. 
which is, I guess, why you're there. Hey. Well, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, your your genre is a little bit harder. I think we spoke about that briefly in yeah. tweets, didn't we? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's pretty it's unique, unique. <laughs> to say the least. But uh, hey, yeah. it's there's always things you can do. Um, yeah. I mean, I just wanted to touch on the. Sorry, you were going to say something. Sorry. Yeah, as as we spoke about, yeah, the most people's musical taste solidifies in their twenties which for, for a lot of my target audience was 30 years ago. So you're, <laughs> you're trying to get people that yeah. probably just put on Spotify and play their old 1980s Depeche Mode records <laughs> and say, buy mine that you've never heard of 30 years later. It's a hard sell. But, it's a hard sell. You know what? Yeah. Some, you know, but, but if you can find the people, you know what? They're really passionate about it and mm. they're the ones that you want. Sure. So, um, so like, say for example, you've got a new track out. What do you do then? What's the process? You, you go on Twitter, you say you're, um, you've got a new track coming out. Do you want to pre-save it? There's going to be some of your audience that aren't actually on Twitter. So are you using MailChimp then linked with Bandcamp to obviously tell these guys that you've got a new track coming out? Correct. Yep. Um, okay. In fact, Bandcamp itself, when people follow you on Bandcamp, they become part of your mailing list. So you mm-hmm. can actually um, email them, direct through Bandcamp, you can send them information so that's really good actually doing that i've done that a few times um i should do it a bit more actually um so thanks for reminding me um yeah <laughs> no you have like specials you know halloween special up, so. <laughs> so, um, black uh, yeah. friday <laughs> uh, well actually that's interesting because that's one thing i don't do is i never discount my music sure. um, um uh, a lot of people you see them or oh, i'm going to give you my discography for a pound or whatever I really appreciate every single person that pays for my music. Mm -hmm. Um, So I would never want to devalue that for them um, because they're the repeat purchasers. So the more loyal people that come on board, I reward them in other ways than trying to give my stuff away. If you like, I'm with you. um, One of the things um, I learned in publishing was, you know, never sell yourself short and Mm. never devalue your own content and your own worth. So my music will never be, on sale per se if you like if you know what I mean yeah but but when I'm um looking at putting my music out yes Bandcamp is a great one to make people aware of because you can go direct from Bandcamp to those people that followed your pre-purchase or pre-purchased or purchased previously so you can email them all and say hey you 200 odd people that have bought off me before here's the new one coming out sort of thing sure um but also there's social media um but I'm quite limited on that as you know <laughs> i won't go on facebook and things like that no that's um, fair enough i respect that and um uh but obviously it does make it more difficult because you can't do things like facebook ads which is a very powerful tool so you have to look at other ways of doing it um but um general promotion is yeah it's it's through the limited social media aspects that i've got but um i'm pretty active on twitter and things so generally I'm on there enough that people will see if I've got something coming out and um, I I tend to also network quite heavily with um, uh, independent um, indie internet radio. Yeah. I was just having a look at your, um, your stream actually. I can see that there's a lot of mentions from, you know, the likes of, is it Birmingham electric? Yep. um, Radio dark tunnel. Yep. Dark tunnels. Great. Yeah. Great. Um, I've, I've built up quite a personal relationship with a lot of them. Um, so um, I would, I then just fire out the release about a month before it comes out. I'll just fire it out to all of the um, radio stations and I create a 
uh, a PDF press pack um, for them, which details all of the tracks. Um, uh, gives you really are a publisher, aren't you? Yeah, I do a press pack. For That's brilliant. Um, I do a PDF press pack, um, uh, promotional photography and images and all of the tracks as well. And that's all put together in um, a digital press file, which then sits on Dropbox. And then I just fire off a link to that with a covering letter to each of the radio stations and say, this is coming up. That's brilliant. Here it is, guys. I love that. And, um, and um, uh, some of them, they're, they're always vying for exclusives as well. Some of them are, but I don't like to do that necessarily i know that because i don't like i'm not one of these ones that wants to play one off the other and things like mm. that um because it's it's more of a community type thing but um the radio shows i really must stress that they've been brilliant to be honest yeah. with you um and i know we're talking about um awareness and social media and all these sort of things but mm. i don't think you can discount the value and the power of um radio no, and, I totally um, agree. Totally agree. And, and I and um, even from a passive point of view, you know, mo- most mainstream people they'll stick the radio on and they won't even won't even go in. But people have the radio on as as part of the course. I know that playlists are, are, are coming up, but things like Mixcloud and things like that, and uh, and even uh, YouTube shows and things are, are really sort of coming up now. Um, so I think that that people should probably try and build a network of those so i've been building a um uh quite a large spreadsheet of contacts for those as well and there's over a hundred now okay that um that i'll i'll fire off to and that's um, brilliant it's it, it it's growing actually that side of it is and you you do over time people email me now and again and i'll say hey mark you got anything coming out soon and <laughs> like that. well as a matter of fact yeah <laughs> So I mean, people like um, uh, yeah, I must mention people like um, Artifactor Radio, Collins Cuts, Radio Coolio, uh, Chris Watts is uh, in the Moog Show. People like those that they, they're, they're brilliant for the for the um, the niche sort of electronic music indie sort of area that I'm in. Sure. Um, so anybody that's in all their different genres, get to know your indie radio. I'm with you. And uh, you don't have to pay anything for that at all. It's just literally you just oh. uh, send them that link, they play it. Um, I take it they they do obviously do a bit of advertising on their station to to you know to make their money. Exactly, yeah. uh, and also it, it's a symbiotic relationship as well because they want you to promote them at the sure. same time. So of course you can say, "Hey, coming up on da 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 da." Is so what I tend to do is um, when the radio shows are on, if I can, kids permitting, is because um, <laughs> most of them are on in the evening. Is um, uh, when they're on and they're playing their music try and go on there and interact with them on twitter and things like that to try and build a relationship but also it helps promote them as well because i do have quite a few followers so it's actually uh, sort of beneficial as well as, as a bit of a sort of two-way street so brilliant we help each other out yeah because i must admit when i do shout outs i always see a nice long list from yourself about these radio stations so yeah, yeah. I, I can tell you've got a lot, res- a lot of respect for them yeah i mean a lot of them they're just like just like say what I'm doing, really. A lot of them are that the, the, they have a radio set up at home. Um, it's uploaded to the internet or, or through their shows. So a lot of them, they're, they're just passionate about it as well. And it, it, it's fantastic. So if you can sort of build that type of network, you know, it's, I think it's 
it's really valuable actually. So would you recommend a lot of uh, musicians do that then? So you've obviously, uh, I don't know, you've got like a Google sheet or a Microsoft sheet. Um, make a list of these uh, online radio yeah. stations and then just network with them. Um, Absolutely, yeah. Okay. Uh, I mean, to, and to be honest with you, you know, you, um, I mean, uh, BBC introducing, no one's getting through there. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No, no, you know, start grassroots, you know. Sure. Look at where people are actually listening to your music and contact them. Um, I think it was... Um, you know, uh, Revival Synth, which is a blog. I, I got in contact with him first. Andy, he's a great guy. Uh, Chris Watts, as I said, Colin, um, Spencer. You know, there's By contacting these people, you build a, a relationship with them as well. And um, it really does sort of help push them and they push you. It's, yeah. yeah. I, I, I think when, when you see people spending money hand over fist um, to try and get onto... Um, Spotify playlists. Uh, I know they say that they're not paying for Spotify playlisting. Of course they are. <laughs> <laughs> um, even though it's a grey area, should we say? Yeah. You know, people are spending spending money at you know these um these aggregators and things like that. Why? Just do your yeah. groundwork. Exactly. Get a, get a list of radio stations together, contact them, put a press pack together, and boom. You know, just start start building traction. Start building real followers. <clears throat> very cool and uh, we spoke about obviously your cds and you say you do badges you give badges away as well i do yeah every every cd gets a free badge have you have you thought about doing any other merchandise at all i have yeah okay <laughs> how long does this go on for tonight um <laughs> have you got how much time have you got are you okay for time I'm, worry, I'm, I'm fine yep okay. um <laughs> uh, i uh i've looked at cassette um and um i'm i'm quite interested in in doing cassettes um because they're a natural sort of another one of those ones that you can do yourself if you've got the right equipment packaging is dead easy um you can buy blank shells and things like this you can um there is a shortage of tape particularly chrome tape so good quality cassette tape is hard to get at the moment so if anyone's got a good supplier of chrome let me know um so i've looked at i've looked at tape on and off for quite a while vinyl i would love to do vinyl um but it's just too expensive sure i mean it, 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 you know I've, I've even looked at um trying to buy a lathe and do my own vinyl cutting mm-hmm. <laughs> um but you know the first uh, the cheapest i can get one for is called the phono cut and i think that starts at about two thousand pounds wow I know I can't get that one past the wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> so I, uh, but vinyl, I would love to do. If I if I could sell a hundred units, then I would I would do vinyl. Um, yeah, it's a sure. no brainer. But at the moment, if I was to do vinyl, I would be in the red like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> it would look great, um, but it would be a vanity project if I was yeah. to do it honest with you and, and i might do it at some point um other outlets mini disc um okay. uh, now i know most people would go you know bloody mini disc right <laughs> but, but hear me out mini disc is starting to have a slight resurgence people that do actually um buy mini disc are avid collectors there is now a mini disc collector's day every year um and i think mini discs are actually quite not bad pricing you can get them from a company called bands cds.com mm-hmm. okay. and they're about seven pound per unit 
So if you were going to do an album and you were going to sell it on any disc for, you see them selling between 14 and 20 pound a unit. So you could do it. Okay. You could make a profit. And if you sold 20, 20 mini discs, you know, at least you can then sort of go, if nothing else, hey, my music's on mini discs. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> so mini disc is something I am quite interested in, actually, because it's a digital format as well. So the sound quality will be excellent because um, it's near CD quality. Um, and it does have a small niche, but hardcore collectors. So even if the people that I that wouldn't buy my stuff um, would buy it because they don't have mini disc players, um, maybe mini disc collectors would, which might turn on a few more people to my music. So, sure, you know, it might be worth having a look at. Yeah, I'm, yeah, definitely. That's good advice. Thank you. Yeah, I'm open to all sort of physical media, actually. Um, I love it. <laughs> yeah. And do you, some of your fans, do they kind of request different things? or? Um, well, they, yeah, they... absolutely. Yeah. Um, uh, in fact, um, my latest release, Transpose, um, was originally the B-side of, well, B-side. There's no actual B-sides anymore. It was a bonus track on the Dreaming of Me um, cover version single I did. And um, one of the people that, bought my stuff and it's rachel from america um she loved the track and said i want i want more can you give me an extended version <laughs> and um so i thought i'll have a listen to it and i listened to it. i thought yeah i could do that so i did an extended version and i thought i could do a remix of this couldn't i yeah. so it ended up being a seven, seven track release <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> oh, and then from that i'm doing an expanded version cd which is coming up which has got some extra tracks on as well with some new okay. songs and that's literally coming out in the next couple of weeks um so really the people that are buying my music are getting in contact saying did you do this can you do that and i'll go yeah right yeah you want it i'll, I'll do it yeah. <laughs> i'm not everything but uh, <laughs> yeah, let's keep it clean but um uh but some yeah i mean, I mean some of the suggestions that i've got uh, are making me think about product decisions particularly sure. the, a couple of the ones that I've, I've got in the works at the moment so cool yeah absolutely yeah because I, I, i'm personally from a, an e-commerce that's kind of my, my day job um yep. i do a lot of marketing for uh, e-commerce companies and with um customers you normally get a few that will just buy everything so if you if you've got several things that you're offering um as merchandise including your cds there are some of your customers that will literally just buy everything from you so I, yeah. I think it is really good. I know, I know it's not your main thing, um, but yeah, I think it's, it's definitely something worth considering later on down yeah. the line, you know, adding, I, adding a few different things, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm totally, uh, um, uh, as far as that goes, it also looks great that, you, you know, you, when you look at your, your spread of products as well, and if you can expand on that, that's great. Um, I don't know if anyone's ready for T-shirts just quite yet, but you never know. No, um, I think yeah. I think the main thing with me though is I would only put out things that um, I thought were wanted and were great, rather than just cash grabs. I'm with but, you. I'm um, with you. But uh, but I think if it was offering quality and offering something that was collectible, um, that had a true value to to the people out there that wanted it, absolutely, yeah, go for it. Sure. And then just lastly. Um, I've got my last question here were three pieces of advice. What three pieces of advice would you give other musicians who wanted to sell CDs? Obviously you're, I say successful and I think you are successful in doing it because there's not many of you doing it. Um, what, what advice would you give to them? Cause there's a lot of artists that are relying on stream revenue at the moment, aren't making a lot of money and this might just be a, a, an option for them. Yeah, I agree. Um, well, I think the, 
number one thing I think it would be hopefully, which has come across throughout this interview, is think about quality. Okay. Um, don't sell, don't sell yourself short at all. If you put out a ton of effort into the music, you know people work for months, years, you know, crafting this piece of music, and then they put it out with poor artwork. Yeah. And you know, put some time into the physical. Um, it's physical. Put some time into the visual branding of what you're doing. You know, um, if you can't do it, get somebody else to do it. Yeah. You know, do it right or don't do it at all. The point is, is that music needs a carrier. Um, the CDs for what I do, they're the carrier of the music. And that carrier has to be something that's attractive, you know, sure. um, whether we like it or not. You know, we live in a society where, you know, beautiful things are, are desired more than not so beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> no, you're right. Totally. And so think about the quality of what you're putting out of your visual things. And that's everything as well. That's, you know, that's your band logo, the um, covers of your work, you know, the press packs that you're sending out. If you put something over that looks really slick and that is looks of a professional quality, even if you're doing it at home, you know, then chances are people will look at it and go, Oh, who's this? This looks <laughs> yeah. pretty good. Rather than, you know, if it's a scrappy piece of paper, I know that, that, PR companies have said the same thing for decades and decades, but they say it for a reason. And that's, you know, it's just like your CV. Sure. And if your CV looks amazing, more than likely someone's going to pick it up more than if it's a scrappy piece of paper, whether, you know, and it could make the difference between you getting the interview and somebody not type of things, you know? (laughs) Yeah, of course. So that would be my first thing. The other one is, um, you know, uh, as I said, first impressions count. So, you know, you've got to make it striking. You only get one shot at a first impression. Sure. So uh, somebody with a, you know, with the background in, in magazines, you know, your front cover is, is, is everything. Yeah. You know, you're selling the whole product on that one cover. That's right. You know, when people look on Spotify and um, it comes up and says new release this week, they don't hear it. They see it. They see the cover. You know, that's got to count. So you've got to make something really striking and unique looking at on there. The other thing is, you know, as you know, that's probably come across today. You know, I'm not selling not selling tons be realistic <laughs> yeah keep of course it, you know, you know, keep it reasonable and build from there if it's a great product as i've found and i can testify to people will come back and they will you know, re- repeat by and if you look after the people that support you you know they tell other people they will promote it and it builds from there sure you know it's organic growth and it, it can take a lot of time but you know it's worth the effort when someone's bought your cd then sends you an email and says you know mark this is brilliant you know, and then they yeah. pre-order the next one and then they buy all your back catalog. So it shows that you're doing something right. So I think, you know, be realistic, but be true to what you're doing as well. And I'll I just, think that sorry, yeah. you can, you can really sort of, you know, push things forward. Sorry. Yeah. No, no, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Um, so just a couple of things then, um, obviously you're in graphic design or you've been in graphic design. Obviously a lot of these musicians aren't in graphic design. What, what would you recommend um, how do you recommend they'd get the artwork done for, for their covers? Hello? Hello? Yeah, can you hear me? I cut out for some reason. Oh, right, okay. Did you hear my question? <laughs> no, no, sorry. Uh, no, it's okay. Um, I, I was just saying that, um, obviously, you're in graphic design. What, how do you recommend people get their design done for their covers? Because, obviously, they're not, they're not designers. Um, um, what would you recommend? So, social media can be a great start for us um you know, you can just put your feelers out there and say, look, does anybody uh, want to do my artwork if they if they can't do it themselves? I'm a great believer in um, 
sort of um, uh, sort of job share, job trading, sure. and skill share. Okay. And um, so you could say, I'll do your mastering for you if you do my artwork for me. You know, it doesn't cost you anything except a bit of time, and you might get something back that's brilliant and really changes it and builds relationships as well. So I think that social media is a good place to start. You, um, there's a lot of online resources these days. I mean, you know, uh, there was a time, and, and I do it all myself, but, mm-hmm. you know, now you can go online and there are places where you can download stuff and it looks great, you know, and it only costs you a couple of dollars or whatever. So it doesn't have to cost a fortune if you want to actually spend some money on getting it done right but um cool. uh there are you know all university students student doing design work you know the, you can contact the universities i mean um i've from the other flip side when i was doing design work is i've contacted universities to, to get work done for us and uh, from that i've employed people you know okay <laughs> but um um you can you could approach universities run competitions and uh, to um to get their art your artwork done for you I've, I've seen people doing that before so there's there's a ton of ways to get get your artwork done brilliant and it doesn't it doesn't have to mean going to a top design agency and spending you know thousands of pounds that's Although brilliant. if you want to i'm available <laughs> <laughs> it was a joke it was a joke <laughs> look mark is I've had so much fun doing this uh, this interview with you today. Um, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast. I think people, there are going to be so many musicians that get a lot out of this because a lot of them, it's just not even, ha- it hasn't even been an option for them. And I think what you've done tonight um, is open up their mind to the possibilities of what they can do. They don't just have to rely on streaming. So for that, I, I, I thank you. I really appreciate that. No, I, I, if anything, you know, it... it, it streaming is just the it's just the ice on the cake the streaming is your is your business card it, i only i use it just for promotional purposes and you know i, I think if, it, it totally flips your mindset around and and people know where i am mostly on social media or or my website or bank yeah i was just about to say how can people find you <laughs> where can they find you what are oh, your links you know where i'm always am <laughs> <laughs> on, on um on on Twitter, I'm uh, Fused Official. Um, um, I have my own website, which is, um, uh, what is my website? Uh, fusedmusic.com. Okay. <laughs> um, on Bandcamp, I'm uh, Fused Music, um, I think. Yeah, I am, yeah. And um, uh, people can just contact me if they've got any questions. I'll, I'm always around to help or ask. Uh, to, they can just ask and I'll, I'll give them some advice. Fantastic. I get it all the time. So, you know, it's just an open door we're all in it together yeah as we go along and and i've seen that in the conversations you've been having you've been a massive help to a lot of people so (laughs) mate i appreciate it thank you very much no des it's been brilliant tonight and um it's great to actually finally talk to you in the room yeah (laughs) it's been a while (laughs) well it feels like it's been a while anyway (laughs) i know (laughs) and um i think it's great what you're doing as well with the uh, music marketing i think it's the other thing is you know it's opened people's eyes and it also nothing else nothing else at all it starts a conversation Absolutely. and um, from that, from that conversation, it can start a movement. And from that, who knows what, what can happen. And I think the power of independent music, um, as you've shown, you know, um, it just needs a few people to sort of like point the way and it can make a real difference to a lot of people out there. So thank you. Brilliant. Appreciate that. Well, Mark, thank you very much. Um, we shall do this again another time, but uh, thank you very much for doing the podcast today and you, you take care, be safe out there. 
pleasure. Right, time for a cup of tea. <laughs> Mark, thank you so much. Cheers, Take care of no yourself. Worries. Cheers, mate. Cheers. Bye-bye. So guys, I hope you got a lot out of this. That's all I've got time for you today. If you haven't done so already, please make sure you subscribe to this podcast and also subscribe to my private Facebook group, The Music Marketing Academy. Now guys, if you don't mind, if you can refer a friend, if you know one else that would be interested in uh, in this podcast, I don't charge a fee for this, as you know. So if anyone's interested, I'd please ask you to spread love. So until next time, I will see you in the next episode. Thanks. Thanks.